Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. The Match Ball. Hello and welcome to the Matchball 30, where 30 years on, we chart the journey from our promotion, our return to the top flight, to the moment we lifted the championship trophy in 1992. It's a real-time journey that we're doing game by game with a match ball on the 30th anniversary of each match. And today's match sees the return to Ellen Road and Leeds have enjoyed a real upturn in form as we head into this fixture against Derby County. Some names in their lineup. I mean, I didn't even realise Peter Shilton played for Derby. What was, it? What was the England keeper doing at Derby why did, Why were England picking a player who was playing for Derby County they were picking two lowered himself didn't he lowered himself ridiculous why not what was wrong with John Lukic at this point surely um, surely just on the basis of not playing for Derby he should have been in the squad that's a very very good point he'd been there since 1987 and he must have been at least 50 at this point he was already a, a very old man but they had Mark Wright in defence in front of him as well who was one of the linchpins of Italia 90 and Dean Saunders in attack who leads obviously being linked with and lots of much better clubs than Derby rumoured to be about to pay millions of pounds for him. They had a millionaire owner, Robert Maxwell, who ought to have had plenty of money to uh, to bankroll them. Not all of it necessarily his, some of it, well most of it in fact from other people's pensions, but none of it really seemed to be filtering through to the football club that he owned because Derby, despite having the England goalkeeper and an England defender and a very good striker. Two terrible. England defenders. How are you how can you forget Nick Pickering with his one England cap? I'd never heard of him either. I was looking through the lineups to see who had uh, who'd done anything. I did notice the name Craig Ramage, which I thought I recognise and I was looking at his playing career and thinking, I, I don't really it's not, the, it's not the playing career he's more famous for recently. It's not, is it? Yeah. No, that's that's it, why I knew the name. It's his comments on the radio which are worth looking up if you are interested in that. About young black lads was what he said, wasn't it? About how they should just knuckle down. Yeah. Mm. We'll leave that one there. Just regards to Maxwell, I mean, he owned a yacht, so he can't have been that badly off. I think we mentioned this on a, a recent episode, the Nottingham Forest match, that he uh, he was willing to buy an entire French football club just so that he could own Lee Chapman. Um, a few years prior to this, he was uh, so determined to sign Chapman ahead of Brian Clough's Nottingham Forest that he tried to sign, tried to buy Neort as a as a job lot. He already had Mick Harford. Surely he didn't need another shithouse target, man. They came into this in poor form, second bottom of the league, and was it nil-nil with Man United in their previous match? Good result for them. For Man United, I mean. <laughs> but, um, but we were great. We were really, really good in this game, and this is where we started, I think, possibly one of the first signs of us laying down our real quality credentials, particularly when you look at these goals. And there's a lot of swagger. There's a lot of finesse in these. I mean, David Batty is he's a winger all of a sudden. People have said we're a, a negative defensive long ball team, but 
David Batty out on the right wing, ghosting past players, crossing to Cal Shutt, who um, almost scores. Are we gonna? He, I'm pretty sure he's heading towards goal there, but he, he doesn't quite connect with it properly. But it goes to Lee Chapman, who is in the usual Lee Chapman spot, which is about two or three yards from goal at the back post, and he just put, knocks it into the net. And uh, obviously, Shilton is his geriatric bones can't quite carry him across the goal in time. And their keeper's kit, when you see. Shilton as well getting bundled into the net with his such a cheap shit keeper's kit it will, will have been his own Shilton always had his own designed Umbro goalkeeper's kit he didn't have to wear um, it was a Hamden that uh, John Lukic and Mervyn Day would wear at the other end it was the, the name of that particular style but um, yeah Shilton always had his his own on the go and yeah you're right about Shilton's header but I think he's um, playing percentages isn't he it, it'll either go in the goal or Lee Chapman will be standing two yards off the line and he can finish it off whichever and a, a goal for Leeds results. It was fairly formulaic in that respect. Little flick on and Chapman bundles it in. But the real star of this was Batty on the wing and it cannot be overstated just how good he was because we have this impression, you know, as time has wore on of David Batty as a, a crunching hard man midfielder. But some nimble footwork right out by the touchline when he skips over a, a slide tackle and just uh, skips down the wing like in the style maybe of Anders Limpar, someone like that. I mean, what we know about Batty is he could basically do anything, but he didn't really want to most of the time. <laughs> just in the same way he didn't really want to go to like, the club centenary dinner and stuff. He's just, yeah, I, I can go past players on the wing, but I prefer setting in the middle and upsetting people. So I'm going <laughs> to do that on a regular basis instead. And that's 28 minutes in, and then within a couple of minutes of that, 75 seconds later, to be absolutely precise, it's this, is, this has got more of a Wilco feel to it this second ball because you've got Mel Sterling picks it up sort of advancing out of uh, out of the right back position and it starts off with, with a percentage lofted ball it starts out like that but I mean we've talked about Batty turning the stereo Batty stereotype on his head Chapman's touch and a back heel it's it's outrageous is this and I'm I'm not just saying that it is this is the best thing Lee Chapman's ever done <laughs> well, I mean, it's coming six days after Main Road, where he played that through ball into space for Strachan to score the what turned out to be the the winning goal. He had feet. It sometimes gets forgotten with Lee Chapman, but he was in possession of feet. Um, it, it, it was just the connection between brain and feet that sometimes didn't work. That was all, wasn't it? It's a long way from there to there. It is, but when it did work, he could do this, and occasionally he he actually pulled it off. And it is, it's a it's a lovely. Um, it's not only the back heel, but it's the, the vision to know that Gordon Strachan is running behind him to, to get on the end of it. So lots of credit for the assist on this one. So yeah, we get the lofted ball that eventually finds its way to Chapman's feet. He back heels it into the path of Strachan. And I think that's a really, really good finish. Gordon Strachan, it looks simple, but I think it's probably a better finish than the pitchers give it credit for. Can Strachan keep it up though? Very old, isn't it? I think they need to look to replace him pretty soon. I mean, on the, the quality of the finish, you've got a, what's happening in that penalty area. You've got England defender Mark Wright milling around and he, he shoots it past the England goalkeeper. So whatever you think of the standard of that particular England goalkeeper, there is no denying that that is who has just had the ball whacked past him by Scottish international. I don't know if Gordon Strachan's back in the Scotland squad yet, because after Alex Ferguson basically decided he was finished, um, there wasn't much room for him. And obviously Andy Roxburgh, in the week leading up to this game, Gary McAllister played for Scotland again and Roxburgh with his usual kind of disdain for the football he was playing at, at Elland Road. But some talk of him having a, a renaissance at international 
level and certainly he's proving it by scoring past the best that England have, have got to offer. And in this kind of form, um, heading in from two yards and dishing out the back heels in the penalty area, Chapman for England? I know we were booing him off two weeks ago, but I'd like to see it. Mick Harford's played for England, so why not Chapman? We spoke in the wake of the West Brom 4-0 that Leeds won in the Championship recently about scoring goals at the right time. And in that game, we scored almost like immediately half an hour in, 60 minutes in, and then at the end to make it 4-0 against West Brom. Perfectly weighted goals across the course of the game. And this one, 2-0 up inside half an hour. And then we spin forward into the second half and we score on the hour. Nicely balanced to make it 3-0. And some elements of Wilcoism, but also some lovely bits of skill in this one as well. Revolving around Chapman's head, as it quite often does, but couldn't get it down to play a back heel this time, but it nods it down, shut, collects it and crosses it. And then Gary's Gary Speed arriving from seemingly miles away. The speed is running in and the speed he hits the ball at. The way it all just lines up is incredibly pleasing to watch. It's good play by Shucks. He's really improved things since taking over from John Pearson because um, a Chapman flick onto Pearson would not have had the same result. Shut takes the ball and he kind of runs uh, towards the corner to get into some space. And he always seems to be doing everything at about 90 miles an hour to shut. And I'm not sure who exactly he's aiming the cross at, whether he had actually seen Gary Speed making yeah. a, a very, very late run or if he was aiming it at, I think it might be McAllister's running into the, the area and probably Lee Chapman will have been getting in there as well and he's missed them both. But Speed coming in at the the back post is, um, it's part of the uh, the beauty of Wilkinson's team and the way that they're playing is short for the first goal can put that header across and sort of play the percentages. If it doesn't go in, Chapman will be there to head it in. And in this case, again, just stick a cross in because there'll be McAllister, there'll be Chapman and there'll be Gary Speed at the end of it to try and put it straight in the net. And if it doesn't go to them, Strachan will be following up as well to get the ball and make something else happen. So it sort of makes him, his options really simple. Get the ball out into space, cross it and something good will happen. You're right as well that the phrase there is percentages because this starts off with McAllister lofting a ball towards Chapman, which is Whenever you're hitting it towards Chapman's head, it's probably a percentage ball because you know it's weighted heavily in your favour because he was a bloody good header of the ball. It's a free kick to them or he's winning it. <laughs> yeah. So McAllister lofts it to Chapman who does nod it down to Shut, which is exactly what plan A is all about in this team. And Shutye breaks, it's the inside right position. And exactly what you said then, Moscow, I had exactly the same thought looking back on this. Shut just seems to sort of pull it back into an area more than look specifically for a player or... It was mishit. But actually, you know what? With the aid of hindsight of watching Marcelo Bielsa's teams, you understand actually that putting balls into areas is a thing that we do there. It's a plan, isn't it? It's put the ball there and somebody hopefully will get on the end of it. Sometimes works, sometimes doesn't. But when it works like this, absolutely beautiful. And what a finish. I think it's an absolutely tremendous finish this by speed. Goals from midfield as well in recent weeks. It's been quite nice that Strachan has been chipping in with them and speed now getting one and I think it's only a matter of time until David Batty starts being prolific. <laughs> but speed's finished. This ball is bounced and it's rising. Not fast, not high, but if he doesn't connect with this one right, he goes full Bradley Johnson into Ellen Road itself and hits Gravely's. I'm going to say I wouldn't even be able to kick that ball if it was delivered to me like that. I would. It would be a complete air shot and I'm, I'm going to go out on a limb and say Gary Speed is a better footballer than me. Mm. He takes all the weight out of the shot and just directs it like a rocket. It, it, it travels in horizontally into the net past Shilton. So much power, so much pace, but absolutely weighted perfectly. And passed yet again. We may as well say it one more time. 
the England goalkeeper, who faced um, eight shots on target. We only scored three of them. So do we credit him with, with five saves? We use it, I think, to uh, to speak about Leeds' absolute dominance of this match. Derby only had two shots. We're just loads better than them. And it's it's kind of reassuring after that kind of rocky period when we, we lost to QPR and there were the, a couple of draws in there and people aren't happy with the way Chapman's playing and he's he's missing chances, that we've just started being efficient in Division 1 and looking like we deserve to be here, like we're in the right division. I mean, you look at the, the fixtures that have gone before, no wins in four, Arsenal at home, draw, Palace away, draw, we lose at home to QPR, we draw away to Aston Villa and then suddenly three wins on the bounce with three goals in each game against Forest, Man City and then Derby. So things are really, really starting to turn. Great um, term. Yeah, it, we became more efficient. We just became just became better. We started to find our stride. We're going to win the league. Carl Shop, the difference? Because that was one of the problems with the, the start of the season was we tried Verardi, then we tried Pearson. Shop was in Sweden and he's come back and... Um, Howard Wilkinson, after the match, said that he's uh, he's contributing a lot more to to building play up, probably for the first time in his career. <laughs> Damn, do I faint praise there? I mean, Carl Schutz about it, twenty eight, twenty nine at this point, um, <laughs> and had played for Wilkinson before at, at Sheffield Wednesday. He didn't play a lot of games with Lee Chapman, but those two have, have played together before. And, and I mean, at Sheffield Wednesday, Chapman and Verardi had played together, and Chapman and Pearson had played together. So there's that little cohort of strikers were very familiar with each other but these two uh, Wilkinson had some praise for Chapman as well because since joining in January he's got 19 goals in 34 games and uh, it's very Wilkinson which says yeah, Lee has always scored goals when he's played for me because <laughs> I'm great <laughs> he was quite happy overall though by Wilkinson's own standards if you were looking for a good all-round team performance then you could not argue with this one yeah this is a one of his um, key quotes in the end actually I always revert. This is one of his key quotes in the end, actually. I always kind of refer to the the last bit of this. It does take a while to get there because it is Howard Wilkinson, but um, um, if you were looking for a good all-round team performance, then you could not argue with this one. The way the team's playing at the moment is a credit to the players because they've not had the credit they deserve. It was not as if they've had the world pulling them along. Sometimes they've had to fight the world which I think is a good uh, a good summary of how Leeds got out of Division 2 and into uh, the start of it in Division 1. have had to fight the world and we've spoken about the Andy Roxburgh saying that we're just a long ball team and the London press being quite shocked that uh, but they, all they did against West Ham last season was play the offside trap and now they appear to have passed the football. And there's a, a detail in the, the Daily Express after this one that I quite enjoyed. They, um, they're not quite ready to, to make big comparisons, but they'll make medium comparisons. Not since Jimmy Armfield's era, says the Daily Express of Leeds, had such a fine balance between class and competitiveness, which is very careful not to say not since the Don Reavy era, even though it's very much a lot of the same players in the, the early years, but being compared to the Jimmy Armfield era is probably as near to high praise as a Leeds United team has had for very many years. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you 
everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Life is full of what-ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard Fixed Indemnity Insurance Plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. So they're almost ready to praise the football that we're playing, but the wider context of this is that, as always, Leeds United not very popular as a club generally because there's been a bit of fallout from last week's game, the televised game against Manchester City and the trouble that we saw at Main Road. It's not our fault. Man City have got Balsawood seats. They just crumbled under under the weight of some celebrating fans. It's certainly our lack of popularity seems to be focused mainly on Manchester. Everywhere else, people are coming around to the idea that Leeds are a, a decent club, followed by decent people. But um, Manchester City's chairman, Peter Swales, described the breaking of seats in the away end at Main Road as wanton, moronic vandalism and was joined in that. It wasn't only Manchester City complaining about this and they were considering sending us a £20,000 bill for damage to their wooden seats. But the chief of police over in Manchester as well branded Leeds fans a disgrace and uh, and said it was all terrible, which bearing in mind there is a what the FA themselves described as a death sentence hanging over Leeds United, where if we have one incident of crowd disorder this season serious enough, then they will make us play behind closed doors for four home games, which would cost us in excess of a million. And then if there was another, they would just close the club down entirely. To have um, the chairman of another club and the police, the chief of police from another city, making a big hoo-ha over some broken seats is it paranoid if they really are out to get you and out to have your club closed down? I don't know. And we're very much not in an era of PR and spin at this point because Leeds not really having a bar of it. They went a little bit on, on the defensive and uh, to touch on what you've kind of echoed there, Michael, Balsawood seats, Leeds fans just utilising what was in front of them. Gordon Strachan really has the, the absolute killer defence here. This is one of our players, Sir Mike Whitlow. <laughs> Happened to be a bit spectator in that stand, yet now he finds himself labelled a disgrace as a result of the police officer's remarks. I think, really, that the police should be sued for besmirching the good name of Sir Mike Whitlow. Strachan's other evidence, apart from Saints Mike, 
was that uh, the, the TV footage he had seen was of a, a woman holding a baby in her arms, standing on the seat so that they could get a better view. Like, was that one to moronic vandalism? No. It's the sight lines at Manchester City that Terrible. the problem. Fairly typical for a Leeds away end. That It's all about families and youngsters being able to see. That's that's what it is. Yeah, Leeds just said fans were standing on them to get a decent view because it wasn't necessarily a decent view. But what of the FA? Uh, well, the FA have not really said anything yet. There was a report during the week that they were going to take no action, but the FA have denied that they are taking no action against Leeds. So... Um, there may or may not be action taken against Leeds. Howard Wilkinson, bless him, is uh, being very proactive on this. He, Wilkinson still exists in the bit of a mindset where he has more involvement in the club than just picking the team. I mean, it goes back to the start of the 20th century when secretary managers would um, were responsible for posting out season ticket applications and um, there'd actually be a, a committee of board members would would pick the team. He kind of took it a bit old school at, at Leeds because of what had happened at Sheffield Wednesday. And he said, right, Leslie Silver, Bill Fotherby, me, we run this football club. And the board at the time was full of local councillors and hangers-on and people from Tetley's and stuff. And he said, that lot, nothing to do with it. It's also, he's taken it upon himself to gather evidence for any FA inquiry before the Derby game. He asked people to write to him with eyewitness accounts because he said, uh, it seems to me that a lot of statements were made before anyone had taken the time and trouble to find out what really happened. I just felt I'd like to find out as much as I possibly can about what happened rather than go around shouting off the top of my head without possession of all the facts. So, Howard Wilkinson is leading the fact-finding investigation into events at Main Road and will uh, fight the FA tooth and nail. Great that, Wilco, the arch-pragmatist. Well, we'll just gather the facts and... Look at the facts. He was wonderful, wasn't he? And if necessary, I'll go to an FA hearing and I will read every bit of correspondence out until they agree we've done nothing wrong. <laughs> grind them down. We'll grind those boys down. <laughs> Pencil it in for a month, lads. It's going to be a while. <laughs> but it is good that he is essentially drawing attention to the fact that it's all fine and well saying things, but that's not how things work in terms of crime, punishment, law and application of the rules. And he took this stuff not necessarily personally, but as personally as you would want a manager to take. He was very conscious that the image of the club was something else that had to change from the 1980s, from the the racism on the terraces and the national front sellers on the low fields was all part of it. People will have read Phil Hayes' recent interview with Cess Pod, and it's always worth remembering that Cess Pod was brought in as community officer the same month as Howard Wilkinson started as manager of the football club. and. Wilkinson always recognised that the two things had to happen together and it fits in with Bill Fotherby's vision. We've, they've closed his dads and lads enclosure now because people weren't uh, taking him up on it. But all of that is kind of working together. The family stand has to be there and it has to be the best in the country. We were one of the first clubs around this time to be having a crash so people could, you know, they didn't have to take a babe into the uh, the seats at Main Road and stand on a wooden bench until it broke so that they could see the game you could leave children in a crash and then go and watch the match and pick them up after and they would be looked after and it would all be absolutely fine and things like that it was all well and good signing Lee Chapman and having scoring loads of goals but that had to happen as well and so when something like this threatened the did seriously the club at this point could close because of what happened at Manchester City and because of the way that Peter Swales is trying to whip it up into 
a £20,000 disaster. And that, you know, that means Howard Wilkinson could be out of a job. All the players could be sacked. They'd have no, no club left to play for. So he's not content to just leave that stuff to other people. Some good news, though, in the form of TV revenue, which, you know, these days in 2020, you get, what is it for being on, on telly? Is it 1.2, 1.3 million pounds per game? Incredible revenues that have seen the game transform before our very eyes. In 1990, not quite as much, but still important revenue nonetheless. And still better than um, we got in the EFL for a home game, I believe. It was £100,000 if Sean Harvey's largesse gave us a match on Sky. But because we were, you know, so exciting against Manchester City at Main Road, ITV are coming to film, um, well, to broadcast live from Elland Road. So when we play Everton at Elland Road in December, we will be given a cheque from ITV. It is specified it will be a cheque for £145,000 thousand pounds 45,000 pounds more than we were getting for a live match in the championship in 2020 um so not to be sniffed at and uh, bill fotherby of course reckons um he can sell another 250 grand's worth of sponsorship on the back of that because he can go to um, people and say well your, your billboards are going to be on the television now channel three they'll be on <laughs> imagine that channel bloody three wow how many are there Oh, There'll be what? four by now, won't Four there? at this point. Crikey. That's a, that's channel, the, four, channel Four, that's you. And BBC Two, they're your, they're your Ponty Arts things, aren't they? I mean, that's... That's, uh, only, that's only for, like, graduates and women and stuff for those I mean, channels. Ch- channel Three, that's 25% of all the channels. That's that's a lot of coverage. I tell you what, though, um, joking aside, you've made a good point there, Moscow, because this is the Football League, what is now the EFL. It's the same competition. The top flight of the EFL in 1990, you got 145 grand for being chosen for telly. In 2020, 30 years later, the value's actually gone down. Good old Sean Harvey. He did a cracking job, didn't he? That's absolutely wild. That is absolutely wild. Maybe it'll help us, this extra money, this this 145 grand plus another quarter mil in sponsorship from uh, from Fotherby. Maybe we can sign somebody else for the squad, if we want them, or do we? Well, we mentioned the Terry Butcher rumours, and Don Waters of the Yorkshire Evening Post absolutely adamant that he was set to sign and he was going to be in the team to play Derby County. But uh, Coventry City sacked their manager under strange circumstances. I think he said he was sick in bed at home when he got the phone call through to say he was sacked. And they have taken Terry Butcher from Rangers and made him their player manager. But Howard Wilkinson is adamant. He never had any interest in his saying that, you know, there's been far too much talk about something that was never going to happen. But um, Don Waters, to give him his due, will give the, the exact one. Uh, he said that uh, Howard's comments... Um, seemed designed to suggest that the press were misleading the public. That certainly was not the case. Though he's not revealing his sources, isn't Don? But um, certainly him and Howard are at, uh, at odds on whether Butcher was ever coming. But he ain't coming. He's going to Coventry. Much good may he do them. Well, that's us a third of the way through the season right now. Then we've played 13 games, as has everybody else after this round of fixtures. So we've uh, we've beaten Derby three goals to nil. No stopping Liverpool at the top, though. They've played 13, of which they've they've won 12. Uh, the most recent of which was a win at Coventry and um, Arsenal on their coattails, six points behind them. Liverpool at the top with 37 points. Arsenal 31, following a four nil rinsing of Southampton at Highbury. Third of Spurs on 26 points, Palace 24, but Leeds United creeping up now into fifth, going ahead of Manchester United with 22 points. Just outside of those Champions League places, 
Yeah, it's on. Yeah, yeah, lots of money in that. You might even get £150,000 if you're on the TV in the uh, Champions League. Do you know what? We're only a couple of years off the start of the European Cup slash uh, Champions League year, so you never know. It might take off that thing. There might be a bit of money in it in future. And we're only a couple of years after English teams being allowed to compete in Europe at all, so there is still some question about who is going to be allowed into what European competition at the end of this season and whether top three or top four is going to qualify clubs for Europe. So being fifth with a third of the uh, the season gone does mean that if UEFA and the FA ever actually sort that out, we're well placed to be in the discussion. And what we're seeing now as well is just a little gap starting to open up between where Leeds are in fifth and the teams in sort of upper and mid table itself around sort of 16, 17 points that kind of mark. So we're now starting to cement ourselves in that top six spot. We're not going down, are we? We can all agree on that, at least. I mean, you'd probably still bet on it if you were old enough. I mean, you would have been just a a wee lad in primary school at this point, probably. Yeah, I mean, probably walking down to William Hill as a (laughs) six-year-old would have been a a bit of a a tough ask to get get a bet placed. But I imagine at this point, we'd have been about 25 to 1 to go down or something. So it'd it'd have been worth a few quid of my pocket money. And so it is on to Coventry City and Highfield Road for the next fixture, which is on November the 24th. Can Leeds United make it four wins on the bounce? We'll find out then. See you in a bit. The Match Ball. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 